Welcome to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, where our goal is to connect listeners to the great outdoors with hosts Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. I'm host Ben Brandell, owner of Meant to Be Outdoors, instructor of outdoor skills, and passionate about personal growth. I'm host Brian Hoffmeyer, wildlife biologist and avid outdoorsman. Welcome back to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. I'm your host, Brian, with my co-host, Ben Brandell. And today, we are going to be starting a new series. This is going to come out every single Tuesday. We're calling it the Total Outdoorsman Series. In this series, every Tuesday, we are going to teach you a new outdoor skill. We're going to discuss it. We're going to talk about how we apply it. And some of these are actually new for us. And so we're going to talk about what it was like for us trying them out, even some of the recipes. We're going to say... This either tasted terrible or this tasted pretty good. You know, Ben, we were really inspired by this by talking about who are we? Who are Ben and Brian as outdoorsmen and what we've come to find out is what? We love everything outdoors. We we jump from one to the other. Right. <laughs> might be fishing. It might then be what is laying in your grass and what insects live there. I yeah, mean, from land management to hunting, uh, fishing, disc golf, and everything in between. We just love the outdoors and we want to do everything outdoors. People keep telling us to niche down, but that doesn't feel good to us because we love it all. To kind of help, if you're like, all right, I'm just tuning into this podcast, I don't know what all's in the outdoors, or you're the person's like, I know everything outdoors. I do want to give you a quick overview. This series that we're getting into is going to cover survival, we're looking at hunting, we're looking at fishing, and we're looking at camping. So all the things that we're talking about today is going to fall into one of those categories. So if you're like us, if you're like, I love all those things, I want to know more about them, yeah. check us out. Check us out, share us with others for sure. So we are going to teach skills from all different facets of outdoor walks of life, and we hope that you enjoy this series. It's going to be several weeks long. We are looking forward to it, and today we are starting that with talking about survival. You know, Ben, the other day you said something to me, and when you first said it, it kind of threw me off. But you said, I kind of struggle with survival, Brian. And I was like, well, what, what do you mean by that? Do you care to explain? That's kind of what led to us picking this topic to start with. You know, you and I have taught survival to a lot of people. We've had a lot of classes. We've offered a lot. Um, the closer that I get to Christ, the more I struggle with survival. Wow, okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's two perspectives. You either believe that there is a higher power all the way down to we say that that is Jesus Christ, or you believe there's not. And from that perspective, you can get into some crazy scenarios. You can get into thinking way too deep. At the end of the day, why I begin to struggle with survival is because I do believe that Jesus Christ gives us what we need. I believe that. And so because I believe in that, then I have to believe of that. And so for any survival situation, no matter what is happening in your life, it will be there for you. You're saying, what is it? I don't know what it is, but whatever it is is for you, and it will be provided to you for you. So when you're hungry, food will be provided. When you're thirsty, drink will be provided. I don't know what that looks like. If you're needing shelter, there are so many different types of shelters. Some people can live in certain shelters when others couldn't. I don't know what shelter you need, but whatever you would need, whatever it is, it would be provided to you. So where does human come in? Like, where do I come in? Where does Ben Brandell come in to where if he's in a survival situation, he needs whatever it is, where does the physical body come in? And that's what I'm going to share with you today. That's really what I want to talk about today. Because we do have to do our part. I hear a lot of sermons, got a lot of pastors out there telling me that God provides. And I see it, and I believe that. But he also tells us to do our part. We have to do the work. You know, faith without works is dead. Mm -hmm. We have to work. We've even talked in many different podcasts about because of sin, because of the curse of the earth, we have to work. And I'm here to tell you that even in a survival situation, you're going to have to do the work. And that's kind of the, some of the stuff that we want to talk about now. You know, you said you struggle with it. Mm -hmm. And you said that God is going to provide. He's mm -hmm. going to give us what we need. Well, we see that every day. And something that we teach when we teach these programs, we try to paint this picture and help people understand you are a survivalist. You're surviving every day. Right. But when people hear the word survival, they really 
get this picture around wilderness survival. And we are modern survivalists every single day. And we do have what we need. But even when we go out to the wilderness, if for some reason, either we put ourselves in a wilderness survival situation for fun just to see if we can test ourselves and do it, or we end up in there because of some tragedy or accident, God is going to provide the things that you need. And for an example of that would be, you may not have any rope. And you may be walking through this wilderness that you're stranded in, and guess what you might find? Old rope. We see it all the time on the show alone. They're able to collect the things that comes up from the ocean. God has provided that for them because he knew that they needed it. Mm -hmm. So really, what is the difference when we get into this wilderness versus modern survival? If we're all survivalists, and there's kind of two disciplines, can you kind of dive into that a little bit? Yeah, let's talk through, like, today, right this second, listening to this podcast, you are living you know, me talking right now through this podcast, we are alive, we're living, and our needs are being met. You know, we can get down to what we identify as the core four, food, fire, shelter, water, but we're all getting that every single day. So then I have to stop and think, okay, we have all these survival schools, we have all these movies about survival, you know, I even got into the zombies uh, Walking Dead TV show. I mean, I loved that. I thought you were going to say Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Call of Duty Zombies was awesome. You had to survive the horde. You know, I don't know why in a lot of us we have this like this des- desire to like to beat the hordes. You know, like we're wanting to prep, prepare. I don't know why that's innate in us. At the time, I didn't know why it's innate in us. I believe I'm starting to to see and understand why. Well, but there's, there's people that believe we're more likely to be attacked by a group of zombies than, than for Jesus to be real. That blows my mind. Well, that's that's demonic, man. That's the devil. That's mm-hmm. the deceived. That's true. That's true. You know, we hear things every day and we're deceived. And, and that's what I'm trying to wade through of like, what is survival? Why are we teaching it? And is it the same as whatever one else is teaching? And, and here's what I want to share. So, you know, we are maintaining our food, fire, shelter, water. Every day, if you're listening, you have that. And even those that are homeless, that we consider homeless, I'm putting quotes here. If you're homeless, you're still getting food, fire, shelter, water because you are alive. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, we have the generosity of people, um, even our cities that are opening their doors for the homeless to come in to have shelter, to eat food, to have drink, to survive. So what does it mean then? What is survival? If If we're all already doing it, what is survival? And that's kind of what I want to talk through right now. You know, Brian used the word wilderness survival. And that is what the direction I want to start talking about is the wilderness side. But there is a whole other side. It's called modern survival. There could be a day, there can be a time when we go to war, when our cities are no longer safe places that we're out freely playing um, going through our daily rituals, yeah. you know, working, it's its going you're, to be chaos. You're not going shopping anymore. You're not just going shopping. No, you're probably stealing it, you're right? Or if you're not stealing it, then you're going in to take whatever you find. You know, is that a reality? Can that happen? I want to talk through that. But we are going to focus more on that wilderness side. And the reason is because today, living in our modern times, the majority of people that are going to ever need what's called survival is going to be in the wilderness. But that doesn't mean that you can't prepare for the future because there could be a day of what we'll call modern survival. And I want to read that to you. That's what I want to kind of talk about right now in this second. So, so what you if, got there? if you open up your Bible to Matthew 24, you're going to see what says on verse 3, signs of the end of the age. What do you think that's talking about, signs of the end of the age, Brian? Well, being the theologian that I am... <laughs> I say that incredibly sarcastically. I do not consider myself a theologian at all. Uh, I think that's referring to when Jesus comes out of heaven, off the throne, and comes back down to this earth. So chapter 24 of Matthew, verse 3 says, While he, being Jesus, was sitting on Mount of Olives, the disciples approached him privately and said, Tell us, when will these things happen, and what is the sign of your coming and the end of the age? I have to pause there for a moment because these disciples feel how I feel. Mm-hmm, yeah. When is it? What? When's it coming? Can you tell us what we're going to see before you come? Right. It's this idea of like, I would like to know so I can plan. 
Right. You know, like innate in me as a man, now a man of God that, that loves to dig into God's word and, and see what he's talking about. There is something inside me that's like, Ben, you need to prepare. You need to be ready. But I'm like, but ready for what? Is it for this survival situation that that we hear about in regards to the army where you you go through seer training, where you have to learn how to evade and and hide from the dogs that are chasing you? Or are we talking about... <laughs> Lost in the wilderness where I'm looking for berries to eat. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just all these I- zombie apocalypse, all this crazy stuff. But then when I turn to Matthew and I realize, you know what? There is an end of age. Jesus is telling us there is an end of age, and this is what you need to be watching out for. And so he breaks it down. You know, we're looking at verse 4 here. Then Jesus replied to them, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Messiah, and they will deceive many. You're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars. That's number two. Mm. You know, today... There's rumor of war right now. Rumor of World War Three is is here. It's upon us. Yeah, it could be. Uh, I know that digitally it is. And, the and the maybe, rumor for sure is here. Yes, right. You know, we have those rumors. This is God's word. This is what Jesus is saying to you right now, though. He wants you to hear this. See that you are not alarmed. That comes right after. That comes right after. It says, you are going to hear of wars and rumor of wars. See that you are not alarmed because these things must take place. Right. Jesus is telling us this stuff's going to happen to all those that love me. It's okay. Don't be alarmed. It is going to happen. But he tells us before that though, watch out that no one deceives you. Mm. You know, Brian and I, we teach survival programs. One of the things that Brian and I teach a lot is being alert, being aware, having this awareness of what is going on around you. That's what I was talking about when I say that Jesus provides. He is going to provide, but we have to do our part. We have to be alert. And that's what he's also telling his disciples right here. He's literally telling them, you are going to hear of wars and rumors. See that that you are not alarmed because these things must take place. But the end is not yet. The end is not yet. We may be in that moment right now. It may be another 200 years. I don't care. But this is the time to start becoming aware. This is the time to start planning and preparing and learning the skills that you need to because the end is not yet. We could have wars and there can be rumors of wars, but we are also not to be deceived. So we, then, must, we must stay aware so that we aren't deceived. And, and to kind of relate that back to survival, I, I mentioned, you know, you may be out in the wilderness and you need a rope and you find a rope. The rope isn't going to be tied between the two trees that you need to camp under. No, you may be traveling along and see the end of a rope sticking out from underneath the leaves and then you pull on it and here's this rope. But if you're not looking, if you're not aware and even paying attention to your surroundings, you aren't going to find the rope. Yep. And so... We see that in the Bible with, with the end times, but it applies to directly to our lives and very directly to survival. This is what Jesus continues to say. And this is going to be verse 7. For the nation will rise up against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these events are the beginning of birth pains. So why am I kind of confused about survival or just questioning what survival is? Because at the end of the day, for me personally, Ben Brandell, I know that when I die, it's called an earthly death, so my physical body dies, my spiritual soul continues on. And because forever, but because I truly love worship the God Jesus Christ, I know that I will be eternally alive with him. I also have been told from the Bible that if if I don't believe in him, that I will live in an eternal... Yeah, eternal damnation. Eternal damnation. Yeah. So when I'm talking about death here on this physical earth, it is that death of my physical body. I kind of, I'm excited for that. <laughs> like, you know, why I'm saying that is why do I want to continue to, to, man, live in this survival mindset of like, I'm going to be eating cedar bark 
and drinking some nasty water yeah. just to make it physically. Trials and tribulations. Like, what's the point of that? Yeah. But I am also then looking at what Jesus is telling us. If I am still alive today, it's for a reason. It's for a purpose. And if I'm still here, then I may have to eat cedar bark, and I may need to drink bad water until he takes me. And I welcome the day when he takes me. Right. So that's where I'm at with like this. Do I live all like I've got to live forever on this earth or am I going to like welcome death? I want to be in between because I do have a family that I believe I am here to support, to lead. And I'm going to do that until Jesus takes me to live with him. Well, as you read through the Bible, Ben, you don't see any examples of, of Jesus or God just saying, give up. You don't see him say quit or right. give up unless he's talking about sin. He says to quit it. But definitely don't give up in trying to quit it because it's difficult. So he never tells us to just stop. So if things get tough, if we have to survive in the wilderness, he never, he would never instruct us to just give up. Give up and come to me. No, he wants you to keep trying, keep pushing, keep fighting because you're here. He's still giving you the strength and resources to do that. You're right, Brian. You also have this end of day feeling that people are talking about this survival. I've got to live towards this end of day, this end of age, when this apocalypse style life. I'm here to tell you that you are alive right now for a purpose, for a reason. When the apocalypse comes, when that end of age actually happens and and our cities are being destroyed and burned and, and we're living in this different day and age where we are in a more wilderness style, maybe even a, a modern city style survival, you still have a purpose. You still have a reason to be alive because you are. And that reason is to build relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's my other problem with survival, why I struggle with survival, is because you have a lot of people that are trying to move off grid and they're trying to bury themselves under the earth with maybe their family or maybe they're charging people millions of dollars to move into this termite-style building locked underground. But for what? Because Jesus tells us that we are here to share his gospel and build relationship. It isn't to go be in so much fear and and being terrified that I'm hiding under the earth until what? Right. Until what? He like, tells us not to be in fear, not to be afraid. No, know that these things are coming, Yeah. but don't be scared of them. But that's also because we have to do the work. We have to be prepared. Number one tells us what he just shared with us. Watch out that no one deceives you. You have to have an awareness. And that's the first thing that Brian and I teach in all of our survival classes is to be aware. And that's what we want you to start thinking about right now. Now, digging deep in, we love survival. We teach survival. So we're going to continue to do that. But we are going to look at it through the lens of wilderness survival from here on out. This wilderness style of you're going out because you want to camp, you want to hike, you want to backpack. You want to go out and explore God's creation that he made. Mm -hmm. You can get in trouble if you don't take the planning, the proper steps before going out. And that's really what we're getting ready to dive into in regards to survival. We have two kinds. We have what we call signal. We also have another called camo. Camo is the evade. You don't want to be found. Signal is I have to be found. I need help. Please someone come rescue me. And that's kind of what we're going to talk through today. I know that we just got through. We just talked about some very deep stuff. We're going to start lightening it up here and getting into kind of the more fun side of survival. But at the end of the day, if you are alive, God has you alive for a reason. He wants you to stay alive, um, I think, to to share the gospel to those people that, that you are around. Ben, let's say you find yourself in one of these situations. You're out in the wilderness, whether it's because of injury or, or storm or plane crash or any of these things that you see in movies or books, or you hear real stories about it does occasionally happen to people, and we should be prepared for it. Most of the time, you're not going to live through it if you're not prepared, so skills like we're teaching here can help prepare you. You've kind of described what camo survival is, what signal survival is. What are some applications for these? When would you apply each of these two different types of survival? Let's look at camo style survival first. The the whole evading. And when you're saying camo, that's short camo for camouflage, camouflage. right? Yeah. Hiding yeah. basically, not Sorry, being yeah. seen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. To be more clear, to be more clear <laughs> in camo, uh, it means to be camouflaged, to be hidden. You know, it is the art of of hiding. That is what evasion would be. You know, I don't know what reason you don't want to be found. I have no idea what that is. I mean, if if you have escaped prison, that could be one reason. Um, 
maybe we are in a time of war and there is a group of, of people trying to find you. You may want to evade. Um, what are you evading from, though? You're going to have two types of people. You have trackers that are coming after you or you have animals. And an example of that would be dogs. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people that have trained dogs to go find humans. Yeah. If you want to learn how to evade at that level, well, guess what? There's a lot of information out there for you. There are people that have evaded dogs. There are people that break out of prison a lot and can evade the dogs. Matter of fact, Blake Shelton. Blake Shelton? Yeah, haven't you heard the song Old Red? Old Red! <laughs> that whole song is about him evading the dogs. You know, you can listen to that song. You can also turn to <laughs> something that really happened not too long ago. Um, there was a guy that did bad things, and he took his girlfriend out, and we won't get into that story, but you had a lot of people looking for this guy. Matter of fact, Dog the Bounty Hunter even said, I'm going to go look for this guy. Mm-hmm. He used all his resources, still couldn't find this guy. So why I'm sharing this is there are people that have evaded humans and have evaded dogs. It is doable. It has happened. If you are in that mindset of you need to learn how to do that, then start today. Start going down that road and going for it. I'm here to tell you that I personally think towards the end of the days. I want to try to surround myself with people. I'm not going to limit myself to just me being on the run. Um, I want to to be with people because Christ tells me to do that. That's what I'm going to do. Um, but you're going to have to learn how to evade trackers and how to evade animals or evade the dogs that are trying to find you. Let's move over to Signal. I think that's where we can spend most of the rest of our time because most situations that you're going to find yourself in for survival the case is going to be you want to be found. You need help. Please find me. I'm right here. We hear about smoke fires and mirrors and, and bright colors, and we're going to cover some of those things here. So, Ben, how would we apply, and maybe what's a situation that we would find ourselves in a signal survival? Yeah, I'm actually going to blend the two. I'm going to blend evading and signal together right now in this moment because all you're doing from here on out is the opposite. So if you want to be found, then you're going to make a fire that – is smoking, is so bright that you can be found, that you can be seen, right? If you're wanting to evade, then it's going to be the opposite. You're going to make a fire that isn't smoking, that doesn't put any smoke, and can't hardly be seen. And How do you you achieve each of those? So, you know, here's one example. If if I'm trying to evade and I still need a fire, you're going to to basically make a fire underground. Um, The name for that is? Dakota Fire Pit. You can make a Dakota Fire Pit. Now, it may still put up a little bit of smoke, so you're going to have to learn not to use bark and no green, and it has to be dry. No you leaves. need to, yeah, no. You need to really practice that now, and that's something that you can do in your own backyard. You can learn how to make a Dakota fire. Now, on the other side, I want to be found. We are going to be using things that are green. You're going to yep. make a big, huge fire and start throwing green, whatever you can find green on it, because green tells us has water, and water is going to take away what right. It's, yeah, it's going to take away the, the oxygen and the heat, and you're going to get all kinds of smoke. Right. Uh, make sure you're doing that after you get your fire started. You can't start a good fire with anything that's green. Uh, leaves, even if they're not green, dead brown leaves are such a great thing. If you ever see somebody burning, a lot of people around where we live burn all their leaves in the ditch. We have a lot of ditches along the roadsides. They just kind of go into culverts, and that's where people burn their leaves. It's a safe way to do it. And all it does is smoke. It doesn't even hardly burn at all. You don't ever see a flame, and it just smokes and bellows. You can see it for miles. So those leaves are so compact, the the cells in them are so compact that no oxygen is getting through there. So with a lack of oxygen comes mounds and mounds of smoke. There's also things if you find like trash or debris, if you find rubber or old tires, if you can get those on a fire, then you get this deep black colored smoke, and that's even easier to see from a distance or somebody flying over in some kind of aircraft. And so by now you're, you should be piecing together that we are truly talking about mindset. What mindset are you in, in these moments of survival? Are you in the mindset of, please help me. I need to be found. Then you need to start thinking about all the creative, crazy ways that you can use what's around you to be found, or you're trying to hide. You don't want anyone to know you're there and you're going to have to take away Take away the light. You're going to have to take away the sound. You're going to have to take away the smells. You're going to have to take away maybe even feeling like vibrations, like the people around you. So 
Moving then into shelters. Shelters is something that you're going to have to have in any situation. However, there are invisible shelters that you can make if you want to evade. You know, those are going to be those underground style shelters, whether you're digging it out, whether you found a cave, whatever the, the thing is, you want it to look like no one has ever been there. You want even flowers and grass and, and plants to be growing on top of your underground bunker to make it look like no one is there. On the flip side, you may have to sleep, you may have to get rest, but you still want to be found. You want your shelters to be bright. You want bright, bright things. Matter of fact, I I think there's even things you can probably buy that's yeah, out there. There's a lot of survival blankets and things out there that they're reversible, almost like reversible clothing. One side will be bright and shiny and reflective, and the other side is going to be camo. So if that is something you have in your survival pack or your go bag, now you have the option. You get to stop and choose. I have this piece of equipment. What situation am I in? Okay, I'm in signal. I'm going to wrap in this blanket or I'm going to make a tarp shelter, but I'm going to make sure that the reflective side is up so that if anybody does come around, they can see me from a long distance. You could actually, Brian just said go bag. You know, we have, man, I think we did a pretty thorough podcast about bug out bags, mm-hmm. and that's what he's referencing. If, if you haven't heard our bug out bag podcast, Matter of fact, I would say pause this one and go listen to that one right now right. and then come back to this. We go, um, we go through step-by-step step of everything you need to consider to make really a survival bag that if a situation arises, you can grab this bag, you go, you've got everything you need to survive for at least three days. You know, and that bag that he's talking about, just to quickly talk on it, that bag is perfect because you're designing it for your needs, whether it be for signal or for evasion. I don't know the scenario that you're going to be in. I don't know what you need. But those are the two mindsets that you go into as you're building your bag. What you shouldn't be building is what I'll call the Altoid Tins survival kit. Those do not make sense to me. You know, it's mainly a money grabber. It's mainly something that might appease like a child, but it's useless. If you're making an Altoid Tins survival can style thing that you think you're going to live off of, why are you then placing that in your bug out bag? Right. You don't. What you're putting in your bug out bag is everything that you need. You don't need an Altoid tin can survival that you're putting in your pocket. You're gonna hope you find some stuff along the way. Right. You're taking. You're taking your first line of either defense or offense. That's gonna be on person on you. That might be your things in your bags. Uh, excuse me. That might be the things in your pockets. What they call everyday carry. You know, there may be a situation where you lose your backpack. But I'm here to tell you, that's pretty ignorant. It's pretty ignorant if you're having to lose the go bag that you're you're taking because here's the last piece of mindset that I want to talk about before we continue on to separate signal and camo. Your backpack that's on you, your go bag, you have grabbed that already. You've placed it on and you are heading to whatever location you want to go. But if you are truly living in the mindset and living in the survival life of evasion, what that means is you have to be physically fit. You have to be healthier than anyone tracking you. You have to be able to be on your feet and moving continuously to get away from whoever it is you're trying to go away. If it's a single individual or a huge army, you will have to be more fit than them because they are coming to find you. That's it. They're coming to find you and you are trying to run from them and you are going to have to be more physically fit than them to stay ahead of them, to stay out of their grasp. Period. So, so maybe some some ruck runs and some treadmill time is the best way to prepare. That is actually the number one thing to do right now. If you think that you are trying to live this life of evasion, you will have to be physically fit. You will have to be on the run, constantly on the run, because there is no amazing invisible shelter out there that that someone can't eventually find. Mm-hmm. There is no invisible smoke fire that you can make that that. That you can cook over that doesn't leave some sort of clue behind. You can't. You're on the run, and that's what you'll have to be. And some people want to be in that mindset and will have to live life, then practice those skills, but you will have to be in the best shape of your life. Hopefully, you're not living in a day and an age, and you're not at a time where you're trying to do that. So hopefully, you are trying to be found. And that's what we want to dig into then right now to, to really finish this up, to help people listening. What can I do then? been to be found. I want to be found. I don't want to be lost. I want to be found. I want help. What can I do? Right. You've mentioned for evading some skills that may be needed. One being fit, being able to run a long time without getting tired. 
outrun your competition. You've mentioned Dakota Fire Pit. That's a skill you may look up and, and practice as well. What are some things for signal survival? We've already mentioned a, a smoky fire. We've already mentioned bright uh, clothing or bright tarps. What are some other things, other pieces of equipment or skills that will be really helpful if you find yourself in a signal survival situation? Because most of the time that is going to be mm-hmm. the situation that people are in. Yeah, and, and I want to share this one more time. What's true for signal the opposite truth goes for evasion. Mm-hmm. So that's what's so cool about when you get in the mindset of, of survival, you can truly start thinking through those things for you, for your family, for your situation. And so when you want to be found, again, we're calling that signal, you want to be found, you want rescuers to come help you to get you out. Well, you got to think about all the human senses that we have. If someone's coming to try to find you or someone's around you that you want them to find you, you have to React, you have to get them to react to their senses. So let's think about what the human senses are. They are sight. We look through our eyes and we can see things. We have to think about our hearing. What are we hearing? Why are we hearing it? Is it different than our normal things that we hear around us? You know, we have taste. <laughs> I don't know if you can find a way to signal of taste, but smell is huge. That's why smoke, we talked about fire already. If someone smells that, mm, that is a good clue for, for rescuers to find you. And then lastly is that touch, that feeling like the vibrations, you know, um, not saying that this happens a lot, but, you know, taking a stick and, and rubbing that on a tree or, or knocking that on a tree that creates sound, but also creates vibrations that possibly someone could, you know, feel. But you got to think about the human senses and that's what you're trying to attract. And so the number one way that people do that is going to be light. That's it's light. It's that flashlight flickering. It's the, um, I've got a mirror and I'm, I'm bouncing it off. It's that fire. You know, that is light that you're creating. Light is, is the number one thing. With light, you also have to then think about traveling visibly. So the opposite is invisible travel. So on the evasion side, you don't want to be found. You right. are traveling. You want to be invisible. On the signal side, well, when with signal, you really have to decide: Am I going to travel, or does somebody know where I'm at? Do I need to signal from where I'm at? Did I tell somebody where I was going, right? Or did I not? And I need to go try to find civilization. I need to go find a trail or animals, or I need to go find something that signals humans. Yeah, and think about the clothing you're wearing. If you are going out on a day hike, it's smart to wear bright, Mm -hmm. bright colored clothing. If you are going in in natural colors or camouflage. If something does happen, it is going to be harder for rescuers to find you, period. Something I suggest for that, you can get a lot of reversible clothing from hoodies to hats. One side is camo and the other side is bright orange. If you want to kind of be nonchalant and and discreet as you're out hiking, so maybe people don't come with you or maybe you're going to your secret area and you don't want people to, to find the beauty that you get to go see, then wear your camo, but make sure it's camo that you can flip if you do get hurt out in this rural area that you can flip it over to maybe an orange beanie so that they can see that. Right, and and you may be in a situation where you're like, Ben, I do need to go back and forth. Hey, that's your situation. It's, mm-hmm. It is so unique for each individual. I have a honey hole of mushrooms that I don't want anybody to find. So, of course, I'm going to wear camouflage <laughs> when I go in to pick them. But guess what? It is on public property. <laughs> So I have to be very, very sneaky then. Is this the honey hole that we both thought was sacred and we shared it for like 10 years? Before it actually is, it? yeah. <laughs> I guess I guess you and I were, because we both found mushrooms there. Uh, yeah. So maybe I was going in later than you and finding the late season mushroom and you're getting the early season. So, yeah, But last year I said, hey, from this honey hole, have you ever went on down here? And you're like, no, I haven't. I'm like, well, you need to kind of venture on down here a little bit. You know, that's uh, you are sharing the importance of relationships and finding people and, and living life with people and not just leaving them all to yourself, Brian. It's a great example. But when we talk about survival, being in the mindset of, am I in a signal situation or am I in a camo situation? Those situations really are depending on your environment, what's happening around you. And then you having the awareness and mindset to say, this is what I need to do. And also realizing that God has placed those things around you, by you, for you, to help continue on delaying your decay of physical death so that you have a purpose still here on earth because you're still alive to go forth and do what God's calling you to do. Ben, I want to touch on something you mentioned just a minute ago, and that's the mirror. You mentioned the the Altoid tin can kits, the survival kits that you can buy. 
a mirror. A signaling mirror is one of the most common things in those. And they are a great tool because they're small. And typically a survival signaling mirror has like a, we'll call it a peep sight or a little, a weep hole in it that you can look through and it's meant for aiming at the object that you're signaling to. So maybe you're on the ground and you pull out your survival mirror because there's a helicopter flying by and you want to signal to this helicopter. You pull it up to your eye, you look through the little weep hole and then you move the mirror back and forth to reflect the sun's rays towards the helicopter. Well, maybe you don't have a survival mirror. You know, we do when we travel on airplanes, you're allowed to put that in your backpack. So something that we take in there, we slide that into our backpacks. And if something bad were to happen, you've got a way to signal. But if you didn't take a mirror, there are things that you can do that simulate that kind of we pull, um, that way to aim, I guess. It's almost like a scope. It's not really a scope. That's not a, it's just a way to aim your mirror. And maybe you made a mirror. Maybe you found a piece of tinfoil and you wrapped it around something. Maybe you found a Coke can and you ripped the Coke can open and you had this shiny Coke can on the inside. Something that you can do is you can hold out one hand in front of you while you're holding your reflective object up to your eye. And the hand in front of you, you can just put your fingers together and then stick your thumb out to the side. So all your fingers are together and you're making a V with your forefinger and your thumb. And you're gonna hold that out and you want the object that you're signaling to to rest right in the V. So right where your thumb and your forefinger meet your hand, right in that V, that notch, is where you want the object to be. So if the helicopter was flying, flying over, this is for moving objects, you put that helicopter and follow it right inside that V while you're signaling from your eye. That's a great way to make sure that you are actually pointing in a direction that they can see. The next question is, well, what if the object is stationary? What if I see a cabin up on that mountain? I'm way down here in the ravine. There's a method for that as well. Take your reflective object, find something stationary. You could slam a stick in the ground, maybe about chest high, and you're going to make sure that that stick ends or maybe it's a tree that's already there, a sapling, it ends at the object you're signaling to. So you're going to line up the stick, the object you're signaling to, and then you're going to stand behind it with your reflective object. And so your mirror, the top of your stick, and the object you're signaling to should all be in a line. And you know that you're going to be pointing, no matter how far away it is, you're going to be pointing your object, your reflective object, at that structure. You know, what you're describing can work for any airplane going over, but it's really designed for those that are already searching for you. Mm -hmm. They're they're looking for those things. They're looking for that change, that little bit of light flack. Yeah. It's not a spotlight shining up on them. No, it's just they're a flicker. Right, it's a, a flicker. It's yeah. it's it's just a little bit of a reflection of that light. You know, they're looking for those things. If you want to increase your chances of being found, then you want to leave that plan behind with your family of where you're going, what you're doing, so that when people are coming to look for you, A, you know they are because you've you've created that plan that if you don't return, please come search for me. And two, they are in that mindset and awareness to look for those little things that are off or different. They're tracking you. They're looking for your footprints. They're looking for something you left behind. They're, they're looking for that. They're on the trail that you said you were going to be on. Brian shared that we take a reflective mirror with us in our backpacks on the airplane. The reason I carry one with me is because I'm really limited in what I can carry in a commercial plane. Like mm -hmm. they don't let me take all the things that I would really like to take, which is my bug out bag. Yeah, you don't get to you don't get to take knives and guns on No, <laughs> no, I don't. And I don't even get to take a flare. Like right. you know, a right. flare is another great signaling device that you can they're waterproof. They're they burn for a while. They're hot. You can start other fires like a flare is a great signal device to keep in your backpack in your bug out bag. But I can't take that on a plane. So if, well, a lot of my travels lately have been over bodies of water. And that's kind of one of my greater fears of how can I be found in a body of water? And it's difficult. I mean, there's, it's very difficult for them to find you, even though they know the flight log, the plan, the, the people can look at your flight you're on and where you're headed. It still can be hard to, to be found. But something that I can carry on me to increase my odds of being found is that lens, is that mirror. And they're really cheap today. They're, they fit in your wallet. Like, why not carry something like that in case I need it? And that's why I do. Um, there are makeshift things you can, you can make and find and use. But at the end of the day, if you're wanting to be found, you have to be thinking, how can I, how can I catch the senses of 
those people that are around me? How can I help to stick out and not be camouflaged in my environment? Yeah, another sense that you mentioned that is really good to appeal to is sound. Mm -hmm. So we live in a time where we can travel, we can get anywhere in a day's time, anywhere in the world. And many of the places we go, we can't speak the native language. So what if we're in a signal survival situation in a country or a place where the people there don't speak our language and we want to appeal to them? Uh, how do we tell them we need help without being able to tell them we need help? We actually, a couple of things come to mind when you say that scenario. Um, you can buy the survival army survival handbook and in there they they define what survival is and then each letter of survival they actually give you like a meaning a, a thing to to do and one of them is act as the natives do um and so that's i think the a in survival is act as the natives do and so that's kind of that that first thing if if you're in an area that you're trying to evade and you're around that those people where you can't speak then you would act like they do but if you're wanting to be rescued by them you know, many of you have heard this before, but it's called SOS. And SOS, there's something that you can do no matter whether it be light, sound, whatever it is, you want to ensure that you are making the rule of three. What does that even mean? The rule of three. So whether you have a gun that you need to shoot, you know, my dad taught me this when I first started hunting that, Brian, if something happens to you, do this SOS signal by firing your gun, I'll know that you need help. This was before cell phones, by the way. I need to put that out there. This is before cell phones. You're old. <laughs> so the it's three short, three long, and three short. So if you're blowing a whistle, if you have a survival whistle with you, a lot of backpacks and things have those on them today, you're going to blow three short blasts, followed by three long blasts, followed by three short. And that is universal across the world in any language. People hear that. They know that is a distress signal. And wherever that came from, there is a person that needs yeah, and they've narrowed that down. Like they've made it even more simple to just literally say three of anything. So, for an example, a whistle. I'm going to blow the whistle three times and pause, three times and pause, three times and pause. And it's that three that truly lets everyone know you are in distress, that you need help. A whistle is actually another really awesome signaling sur uh, survival device. Mm -hmm. I put a whistle in all of my backpacks, even in my life jackets. I have lived and, and found out that when I am super cold, not hypothermic, but when I am very, very cold, it is hard for me to whistle with my own mouth. It is hard for me to yell for help. And it doesn't take a lot of air to push the whistle. Um, it isn't hard for your body to do that when you're cold. You can still easily blow through a whistle. And it cuts through, and it's an odd sound. If you're out in the wilderness and you hear this whistle that's not an animal and not a bird, it's pretty easy to tell. My goodness, what is that sound? I need to go that way. It travels a long distance. It does. And so if you're wanting to be found, some of those signaling devices, again, a whistle is, man, one that you want to put in your pocket. You can put it around your neck. Um, I have a whistle of some kind in every backpack. Sometimes or actually you can go buy whistles that um, you can attach to your zippers and that becomes the handle of your zipper. Um, even in my life vest, my life vest actually has a whistle built in. Um, there are a lot of bracelets now that you got your survivor bracelets that have whistles on them. So the, the buckle, the chest buckle on my backpack is a, is a, has a built in survivor yeah. whistle. On it. Yeah. Mine does too. I actually forgot about that. Yeah. That's it, here's another tip. <laughs> know your equipment. I would hate for you to need a whistle. And you didn't even know that your own backpack had a built-in right, whistle yeah. on it. So, you know, you can carry too much stuff on you that you don't even know what you have or you don't even remember what you put in there. So it is important that you know your equipment, learn how to use your equipment, and know what you have. Ben, the three blast thing doesn't really work for you, though. You have to shoot three times at everything. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's very true, Brian. <laughs> you know. If I get two shots off, I might as well shoot another time. I mean, I got the ammo. I yeah, might as well shoot again. So they let me. No, they let me put ten rounds in there. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna use. Well, you're it. good then. Three short, three long, three short. There's <laughs> yeah. nine. Yes, yeah, so that's right. Make sure you only use one for actually hunting. You got it. So switching back here to Christians, speaking directly to Christians. When Jesus comes back, times are gonna be rough. What should we do? Should we run and hide? Should we evade? Or should we signal for Jesus, for his help, in your opinion? 
I think you're going to have all types of Christians doing all types of those things, and rightly so, because he isn't going to make us all exactly the same. He isn't giving us all the same gifts and talents and the same amount of money. We are all on this earth for a reason, to reach the people that he's made us to reach. And so if you're the type of person of right now you are a Christian that is in this mindset of I have to evade and I have to dig some rabbit hole, then okay. But right now in this moment, when we're not in the in a real survival situation, you could be witnessing to all kinds of people, all the products you're buying, all of the people you're coming in contact with to build and prepare and prep for what you're doing. Now's the time to share the gospel with those people. If you're the type of people like, you know what, when it comes, it comes. All I want to share to you is, yes, you shouldn't be living in fear. And I get where you're coming from of, you know what, let let be what's going to be. But he calls us to do the work now. He calls us to prepare. He's telling us right now to be alert, to be observant. You should be doing that. And if that's honestly just creating a plan for your family, then that's what you should be doing. What What is your family going to be doing? Where are you going to go? Where are you not going to go? Are you going to stay home? Are you staying home? Do you even have a home anymore to stay at? I don't know. That is why it's important for you and your family to plan. And it's also really, really wise for you to start communicating with your neighbors. When we look at what the early church was, the early church was neighbors that gathered to worship God. You know, you may in one day in the future not be able to drive to the church that you call your family church. It may be the people around you that band together to become your new church, to become your new family. I don't know what that looks like. Again, I don't know exactly the end of age when that is, and I definitely don't know what that's going to look like. It's all up for interpretation. But from this moment until that day that Jesus comes back, we are to share the gospel. And no matter what is happening in your culture, whether we're in war or there's rumors of war, no matter if you have people trying to knock on your door and and perhaps take your family, we are still to be Christians and we are to share the gospel with all those people. And so that will be very difficult. It will. Let me say it this way. It will be more difficult for you to share the gospel in those days than it is right now. So take the time right now to be sharing the gospel with those people because that's what we're called to do. In the days of craziness and chaos, remember that God tells you to still be calm. He tells you to really open your eyes and look around you because he has given you what you need for each day. And the only thing that you can truly focus on is that day and that moment because tomorrow isn't even promised for you and I. Ben, the skill that we're really talking about on this Total Outdoorsman Tuesday episode is surviving either by signal or Mm -hmm. by camouflage. Mm -hmm. And it is great to talk about survival and you mentioned you've kind of been struggling with the idea of survival and why are, why do we teach it? And really the answer to that is, is because everybody knows, however many billions of people there are on this earth, everybody knows. They have the realization they're going to die. Yes. And setting forth to a goal that you know you can't achieve, that sucks. Mm-hmm. It does not feel good. And so my message is this. I've said this before. I'm not going to apologize for saying it again. I have to say it again. If you really, really, really want to prepare and be a survivor, if you want to be great at survival, you have to have Jesus Christ because your body is going to die and your soul is going to live on. And it's either going to be in eternal damnation of hell or it's going to be in heaven, perfect with Jesus in his presence. When you really break down and you look at survival, pride kills probably more people than anything. And and I say that because everything that Brian and I have been telling you today, whether you want to live the signal life where you really want to be found, you want to leave plans behind, you want to go out and enjoy the wilderness and return back to your modern day home. What kills a lot of people in that wilderness in that back country is pride that they didn't take those steps that we're telling you to do. You know, there are men that have trained in the art of survival, but guess what? They still die. Mm-hmm. That's why we, Brian and I teach to delay your decay because there are ways to delay it, but it's still going to happen. But pride is what kills a lot of people in the backcountry. 
sometimes pride kills because people know they have maybe messed up, they have taken the wrong turns, but they continue on out of selfishness, out of this, you know what, I don't need help, I can make it on my own. And it's killed people. But I'm also here to tell you that pride is also the reason that people do not submit to Jesus Christ. Mm. Pride keeps men and women from humbling themselves, saying that they truly deny themselves this selfishness. And I want to tell you right now, if if you're in the survival mindset of I'm going to live forever, evaluate that. Is it selfish? Are you living selfishly? Are you hoarding up all this stuff for you? And if you are, why? (laughs) Why? Are you terrified to die? And if you are, why? Mm -hmm. Pride kills. Let go of the pride. Humble yourselves. Do it in survival situations, wilderness style today, but also do it for salvation. Do it for you. Right. And and the way to truly survive is with Jesus Christ. And, And Jesus Christ saves us. He has... It's an offering to everybody, but he also loves us so much that he's given us the free will to choose, to either reject that gift, that offering, or to accept it. And and to accept it, you really just have to admit, you know what, I'm bad, I've sinned, I've fallen short of your glory, Lord. I accept your salvation. I believe that you walk this earth. I believe that you were crucified on the cross and that three days later you rose again to pay for my wages. The things that I've done bad on this earth, you died to pay for them. I accept that. I repent. I'm going to work with you to change these ways. In that moment, you have salvation, and now you are a true survivor. When your body is done, you get to go away with Jesus in heaven. Uh, We look forward to that day. If you're not a Christian, or maybe you're a Christian questioning whether you have your salvation or not, if you want to talk to us about that, we would be honored We'd love nothing more than to talk to you about that. The best way to do that is m2boutdoors at gmail.com, or you can reach out to us through Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. Guys, thank you so much for listening. A great way to support us is to hit the automatic download button on whatever platform you are listening. Subscribe, as well as leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Maybe even give us some ideas on things that you'd like us to hear about. We are going to be back on Thursday with another episode of the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. We're so thankful that you've listened. We hope that between now and the next episode that you find time to get outdoors. Thank you for listening to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast hosted by Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. Please help us by subscribing. Also, follow along on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook.